What if Trey Harris is the best wide receiver in the SEC and we just miss it because he was out for a few weeks? You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And, and just so everybody knows, we are doing a final push towards 5,000 subscribers. Subscribe to the YouTube channel right now. And if you have already subscri- subscribed, tell somebody else to subscribe. We're trying to get to 5,000 and then 6,000. At 5,000 subscribers, we will do a live stream weekly and at 6,000 subscribers we'll do remote broadcast which will be pretty famous for bowl preparation and things like that so that is um a couple of things so get people to subscribe to the channel as well hello I'm Stephen Willis and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook it's the official sportsbook of Locked On make every moment more right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 back in bonus bets Guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. What if Trey Harris is the best wide receiver in the SEC? We all know Malik Neighbors. We all know Brian Thomas. Heck, Will Shepard and Luther Burden. There's people with numbers that have just numbers galore, essentially. But because of Trey Harris, I think that is causing two things to happen. I think Lane Kiffin, who is pretty consistently a person that gets the ball in his best player's hands. He wants to get the ball in Trey Harris's hands. He is the dominant player on this team. And the wide wide receiver position looks fine, but I'm going to question the usage of certain players, including them moving Trey Harris to slot at the detriment of maybe, you know, Caden Lee or somebody like that to just fill in for this one game instead of making essentially Trey Harris having learned another position. Really good football player. Second, we're going to look at Jackson Dart's jump from year one to year two. Now that we're seven games into the season and there's an actual data point that you can look at. And third of all, Ken Seals is going to get the start for the Commodores. Him and Jaden McGowan and Will Shepard. The Vandy passing attack is going to be something to pay attention to. I don't know if they run the ball very well, which – Obviously, that's a detriment, but this will be a chance to make explosives, to turn over Ken Seals. He's actually done a good job on taking care of the ball. But when you look at the wide receiver position, people that don't necessarily know what they're seeing, they'll say, well, the wide receiver is just not good enough. There's a problem at wide receiver and all of that. And I don't think that is the case. I think the problem at wide receiver comes from the fact that in this offense, at the beginning of the year, there's a checklist of three players, and these are the players we want to get the football the most often. The best player gets the ball situation. You obviously have Quinshawn. You obviously have Jordan Watkins, and, and Trey Harris is the third. So whenever Jordan Watkins has surgery and there's a chance that he's not going to play, which, by the way, All props up for Jordan Watkins. He deserves all of the NIL money for what he did on Saturday night. But Trey Harris is the other one. And at different times during the season this year, they have been out. In fact, there's been one real game 
there we got to see all both of them together essentially and fully healthy. Well, two if you count the Mercer game. But Trey Harris, look at his numbers in this season. He and he genuinely might be the best wide receiver in the country. And definitely the SEC. But if you look at his numbers, he has 21 catches for 469 yards and six touchdowns. Now let's take into account that this is really only over three games. He's done this against LSU, Mercer, and kind of Arkansas a little bit, although he got a little bit dinged up in that game, and against Auburn. Against Auburn, he only had four catches, but it was for 102 yards and just had a pretty fade route. Trey Harris is a dude, and I've talked about during this season that he has reminded me of pre-injury Laquan at wide receiver, and I think he might be more explosive than that. Trey Harris is a really good football player and a matchup problem for whoever is going against him. Whoever. In that game that Malik Neighbors looked so good and Brian Thomas looked so good, Trey Harris just put up about 150 yards receiving that day. Trey Harris kind of dominated on the outside, had the game-winning touchdown. The kid from Lafayette, Louisiana, played at Ole Miss and absolutely took it out on the LSU Tigers. And honestly, a similar way that Quinshawn did against the Auburn Tigers. But Trey Harris, being as dominant of a wide receiver as he is, and you look at these numbers, 21 catches, 469 yards, and six touchdowns in roughly three or four games. Probably a total, if you count the injured time, of four games. So that's two games sitting out. So he's averaging, what is that, 120 yards a game receiving? He's averaging five catches a game, one and a half touchdown catches a game in his four games of actually being on the field and being fully productive player. This is a dominant wide receiver. And and because he got dinged up against Tulane, the offense, whenever he was not in there, did not look the same. When he came back for the LSU and full go, the offense looked different. The offense against Auburn after Jordan Watkins, they moved Trey Harris into the slot position. I would not have done that, honestly. I would not have done that. I would have moved either Sakari Franklin in there or Dayton Wade in there. I would not have moved Trey Harris because his mismatch on the outside and him going against cornerbacks is an advantage that Ole Miss doesn't have in other places. I wouldn't have moved him. Now, I realize that Trey Harris is a great wide receiver, and I understand exactly what they were trying to do. I personally would not have done that. You have weapons in other places. Dayton Wade is having a fine season. Um, Zachary Franklin is starting to wake up. He looked on his touchdown like Zachary Franklin, and it's going to happen, and it might happen against two, um, Vanderbilt that he breaks out a little bit. And if not then, it's going to happen against A&M or Georgia. It's probably going to happen in the next three weeks. Zachary Franklin is going to show up and show out. Get ready for it. But my point is, the wide receiver position is fine, but they have an over-infatuation a little bit on Trey Harris, and they want to move him around because they might think that the slot is in a better position to receive the ball, so they want their best player to play the slot. 
it, like I said, this is a taste thing. This is a cup of tea thing, but I prefer Trey Harris on the outside matched up on cornerbacks that are going to be physical mismatches and potentially athletically mismatches. And then you find the other mismatch by moving Dayton Wade inside and have him do the slot receiver stuff and fit Zachary Franklin on the other side. I think the wide receiver room is fine. But everybody is going to watch what's going on. And because of that over-infatuation with Trey Harris and what he can do and how dominant of a football player he is, people think there's problems with other wide receivers. No, Lane Kiffin just wants to get his best player in his best position to get the ball the most amount of time. And he gets to Auburn, who knows? Trey Harris was four for like 102. Although one of his fade passes, the big play that he made, was on a mismatch that he got on the outside when he switched back to outside receiver. But you have Braylon Brown, who played a good bit against Auburn. You have um, Zachary Franklin, who the timing is going to get better as he works with Jackson Dart. And you have Dayton Wade. You have a decent little core of wide receivers to go through. And when Jordan Watkins comes back, and he's going to come back and play against Vanderbilt, he's going to play against Texas A&M. If he played against Auburn, he's going to play in those others, although he probably should sit out against Vandy. Um, the wide receiver position is going to be exactly fine. They are just really fascinated with getting the Trey, Trey Harris the ball in multiple positions. And honestly, I don't blame them, but I think the offense as a whole would be better with Trey Harris on the outside. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk about Jackson Dart's improvement from 2022 to 2023, and we've got a data and sample size that we can look at. We look at the zones at each year and talk about him this season. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about where he is right now and what can happen indeed. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. You know, you have unrest in the Middle East, fires in Hawaii, hurricanes and tornadoes in Florida, earthquakes, and more. These can lead to supply chain shortages for medications and the inability to get medications in a timely manner. These are problems that, as Americans, we just never used to have to worry about. Now we do. And now you can also customize your Jace case which Jace Medical offers with five life-saving antibiotics with customizing additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medicals now offers that customizable for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. You just choose those medications that fit your best and your family's unique needs. Hey, and if you know somebody else that you think might need a Jace case, get them a good card. Buy that gift card for a family or a loved one so they can get a dress Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter lock code locked on at checkout for $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's, that's pretty cool indeed. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. 
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you look at the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt game, Ole Miss is currently a 25-and-a-half point favorite over the Vanderbilt Commodores. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including this one. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Locked On College Football YouTube channels. You do not want to miss it. All right. Now, we need to talk about Jackson Dart because I am turning into a major Jackson Dart stand. I've always been a fan of Jackson Dart. Just a good kid, and you can see the flashes of everything that's going on, but now you're really starting to see the flashes. You're seeing the jump being made to the next level. And whenever he makes the jump to the next level, he's Eli Manning. He's in that that realm of quarterback. Because all that he lacks is quick processing ability and the ability to see things and, and attack them instantly when you have to. Right now, whenever you call a play and it doesn't necessarily work out, he still wants to hit that deep shot. He's got a little bit of a gunslinger Brett Favre mentality, even though he's better with the football than Brett. But if he could just hit some pop passes, some wind routes, some some slot slants, things like that, they're using the mesh concept more. If they do that, you can see Jackson Dart, he's going to really take off. And we saw that a little bit against LSU because the game plan kind of forced him to do it. Now, if you look at Jackson Dart this year, these are his zones. He's 2 of 7 for 71 yards and a touchdown out left. He is 3 for 11, 131 yards, a touchdown and two picks in the center. He's 6 of 11, 178 yards out right with an NFL quarterback rating um, at about 100 for both of the outside zones. If you look at the middle zones, this is the one that I, we harped on all offseason. This is another reason that I talk about how this kid, anytime we have a question about his ability, he answers them. And he does what he needs to do. And if you look out left, he's 5 of 9, 91, 91 NFL quarterback rating, 93 yards. In that middle tic-tac-toe zone between the numbers, he's currently 24 of 31. 539, seven touchdowns and an interception, an NFL quarterback rating of 144.8. That's nearly a perfect NFL quarterback rating in the zone that we harped on offseason. You heard Jake Crane talking about how Jackson Dart doesn't see linebackers and there's a problem with the middle of the field. And I think he's just more of an explosive play hunter than there's anything that he can't do. Because if you look at these middle of the field numbers with the comfortableness that he's gotten with Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade, and Caden Priestcorn coming onto the scene, he's got seven touchdowns and a pick in that zone. He's done everything that needs to be done. If you look out right, he's 9-17, 194 yards, 93 NFL passer rating. Also outside right is going to be the Trey Harris land. Outside and left is going to be 
what they're doing using um, Dayton Wade and Zachary Franklin and Aiden Williams, those people are playing that area. So as Zachary Franklin emerges, outside left is going to go up as well. If you look at him near the line of scrimmage, he's 8 of 12, 78 yards, 21 of 31, 251 and a touchdown, 15 of 19, 154 yards. If you look behind the line of scrimmage, the ball has not hit the ground. Three of three, two yards to the left, 18 of 18, 135 to the um, center, and three of three for 10 yards to the right. I do think Ole Miss needs to incorporate some bubbles in their game. I'm not saying go all Hugh Freeze, but I do think that that needs to be happened. There needs to be a situation where the defense at least has to worry about Jackson Dart catching and throwing, whether it's a hitch, a bubble, a tunnel, one of those plays just to change the tempo to make the defensive pass rushers have to worry about it as well. Now, if you look at last season's numbers, 6 of 15 outside deep left, 185 yards and two touchdowns. Between the numbers, 10 of 33, two touchdowns, three picks, 446 yards. Outside right, 8 of 18, 228 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 7 of 12, mid, middle left, 27 of 56, less than 50% in that middle of the field zone, a 60 NFL passer rating, 14 of 26 outright. And then there's the ball hitting the ground on the short stuff. You can actually see in these zones where the improvement has been made and where the improvement needs to be made. Jackson Dart, I will say this right now, and people are going to roll their eyes at me. Jackson Dart, if he comes back to Ole Miss, has a chance to leave as the greatest of all time at Ole Miss. And that includes Eli Manning, that includes Archie Manning, that includes Matt Corral, that includes Chad Kelly, that includes Bo Wallace, that includes Romero Miller. The whole pantheon has a chance to go down if Jackson Dart stays in school. And the fact that people underestimate what this kid is doing is almost criminal at this point. When you look at draft lists, the fact that he's not showing up on a top 20 is probably a good sign for Ole Miss because if you get the NIL money and you come back to school and get a little bit better and get ready to be the top quarterback in the NCAA next year because that's potentially if he has any kind of jump next year like he had this year and there's no reason to think like that wouldn't happen. You have a situation where this young man has a chance to do things that honestly since 2003 we have not seen. Matt Corral was good. Chad Kelly was good. All of that. And other than that Eli team, other than that team, we have not seen a quarterback do what Jackson Dart is potentially going to do in year three. Pretty fantastic. I'm turning into a major fan, and you're going to hear me talk about that for the better part of the next two months. Jackson Dart has impressed the heck out of me. And because of that, I am going to talk about it consistently. So if that bothers you, I, uh, not much I can do to help you there. So today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. You know, passion and drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whatever you're into, speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. 
with over 122 parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Rebels play the Vanderbilt Commodores Saturday at 6.30 Eastern. That's a chance to listen to David Kellum and the Rebels' hometown crew as the Ole Miss Rebels look to continue their run. Catch every play of the Rebels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on Channel 190 or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels. So the last thing that I want to talk about today in this What to Watch For episode is, as many people know, and for the better part of the last two years, I have declared myself, and I'm probably the only person that has declared myself, the president of the Ken Seals fan club. And Ken Seals, I think he is an admirable quarterback. He, he actually took over the last year, Derek Mason, and then A.J. Swan took over the job last year. Ken Seals is slated to start for Ole Miss on Saturday, and um, it was announced by Clark Lee this week. Ken Seals to remain the starting quarterback for Vanderbilt football versus Ole Miss. Ken Seals will continue to start at quarterback for Vanderbilt football against Ole Miss coming out of the opening week, Clark Lee said on his Commodore Hour radio show Monday night. Why are they doing that on Monday night? We are going to stay the course with Ken. We appreciate how he has managed the offense, how he has protected the ball as a whole, and how he has led on the field. And we are going to give him another opportunity at it. We hold the right to keep that competition going. And obviously, we have a belief in A.J. as well. It is just I think we've seen enough the last few weeks to feel like Ken is stepping into some confidence and we want to him to continue to do that. Okay. Like I said, I've been the president of the Ken Seals fan club for the better part of two years. I even get retweets from his dad, like an Ole Miss podcast getting retweets from a Vanderbilt father, because I do talk well about his son. And I think Ken Seals has a chance to be not necessarily a good quarterback this week. And I think he does do a good job managing the offense. And if you look at his numbers this year, he's 65 of 125, 836 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. The big weapon that he has, and the one thing that you probably need to watch for in this game, is he has eight touchdowns and two interceptions. He has not turned the football over. Ole Miss has had interceptions, two interceptions in their last two games, two against Arkansas, two against Auburn. If Ole Miss can turn over Ken Seals, this is where this game looks to be a boat race. This is where it gets out of hand. If Ken Seals can drive the ball and Vandy plays slow, because we saw last year what Vandy's game plan was, and you saw that Clark Lee 
laid the template out that other teams followed later on in the season and into 2023, Vandy is going to play slow. Vandy is going to try and get first downs. They're going to try and scheme up four yards. They're not looking for explosive. Now they have Jaden McGowan. You're going to see him run jet sweeps. You're going to see him run bubbles. You're going to see him get the ball in his hand quickly. They have Will Shepard, who during the near the bowl game, and if what you saw last year, Will Shepard's a good wide receiver. He's going to be a handful for Zamari Walton or DeAndre Prince or whoever is lining up on him. They do a good job of scheming him in different positions to put him in favorable matchups going forward. The problem for Vanderbilt is their Vanderbilt. They're they're not as good on the defensive and offensive line as you need to be in this league. And while they're skill players, they have a couple of guys that can make some plays. Overall, this Vanderbilt team is gettable. And they're going to wear down. So Ole Miss, again, we talked about what to watch for. Ken Seals turning over the football and Ken Seals playing well. That's something to pay attention to. Another thing you need to watch over is time of possession again. And we talked with Bill Flowers um, tonight about 27 appears to be the magic number for Ole Miss football. For time of possession, it's 27 minutes. And it's not just hold on to the football and have the ball for 27 minutes. No, it is running your offense, your base offense, at 27 minutes worth of a clip. The last three games, Ole Miss's time of possession has been 31 minutes, 27 minutes, and 33 minutes. And that's with Arkansas playing really slow and the offense not doing particularly well. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the defense is playing better. But if Ole Miss can keep time of possession somewhere near that 30-30 split range, Ole Miss is going to be all right in this game. I think Ole Miss is going to be in this all right in this game anyway. But that is something for you to watch for what's going on. Obviously, don't let Will Shepard get off. Don't let um, Jalen um, McGowan go off and control Ken Seals. As the president of um, Ken Seals Fan Club, I can say that. It'll be important, like I told you yesterday, for Jackson Dart to just be efficiency. This is a bring-your-own-energy game. This is something to where the crowd needs to, I don't know, fake it till you make it. Type situation. Ole Miss literally comes into this game as a 25 and a half point favorite, four scores. Um, I don't know if I wouldn't take Vandy in the points in this game just because this is the epitome of a trap game because Ole Miss has Texas AM and Georgia to really look for. Now, Ole Miss did have the sloppiest of sloppy first half, half against Auburn. Maybe that means that they get talked to and they come out a little bit better offensively than they were in that game. Remember, Vandy led at halftime like 20 to 17 last year. Almost ended up winning that game like 52 to 24 or something like that. But at halftime, it was 2017 Vanderbilt. And the year before, Vanderbilt legitimately gave Lane Kiffin a little bit of problems. Clark Lee has a bead on what to do in this defense. The question is, can Ole Miss's playmakers win their one-on-ones and do what they need to do to win the game. Trey Harris, Caden Priest-Corn, Zachary Franklin, Ulysses Bentley, Quinshawn Judkins, those skill players are going to be of the utmost important moving forward. This is not a game that everybody is going to remember, and I've talked about this all during this week. When all this is done and you're thinking about, about this season and everything's going on, your mind's going to go to the Texas A&M game, the mind's going to go to the Georgia game, the mind's going to go to the Alabama game, the LSU game. 
It's not going to go to the Vanderbilt game. This game is going to be forgotten. But for Ole Miss to play for what we expect Ole Miss to play for, Ole Miss needs to get this W. And honestly, they need to get this by a couple of scores. I'm not saying they need to cover. I'm saying they need to win comfortably. It would be nice for Ole Miss fans to go just enjoy the ball game and then go to the Grove or wherever and have a good time for the rest of the day. Kickoff is at 6.30 Central Time on the SEC Network. You can catch it on SiriusXM Channel 190. And, of course, I'm going to ask everybody that's watching this, go down and mash that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. And if you already have, tell somebody else so they can come in and mash that button as well. We're trying to get this to 5,000 subscribers pretty quick because as soon as we're doing that, it's going to be a Tuesday night live stream. It's going to be the Locked On Ole Miss Shark Tank Live that we are going to do every Tuesday, and we're going to have a good time. We get to 6,000 subscriptions. We're going to start doing a remote broadcast where you get to see my beautiful mug sitting on the stadium of the Orange Bowl or wherever that is, if we can get there before the bowl game. And once we get to 7,000, call-in show. And I'm going to figure out how to program that. And with, with the number of guests I've accumulated over the last 18 months, between that and the live stream, should be pretty interesting. And then you have the pre- and post-game live streams as well that's going on um, before football games. And you'll have postcasts that'll happen after basketball games. I'm pretty fired up indeed. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This has been such a blessing and a blast to do this for you every day, and it's going to keep going. So thank you very much. Hotty toddy.